Hi, the ho, you boys and girls out there in podcast land. Just a quick word before we get started. Today's episode is the penultimate episode to our season finale next week. Wow, it's hard to believe, but unlike other shows that go on break after their season finale, we have no such plans. Essentially, it just means that the first theme we explored in season one, finding your voice as an artist and developing a signature style, will come to an end. Next week, you will have the definitive answer to that question. After our finale, during the summer mini-season, we'll have more shortened episodes and all sorts of great topics like fan films, superhero movies, and other topics I didn't get to yet. Next season, we have something really special planned. As of now, the theme will be Against All Odds, stories of filmmakers and other artists overcoming great odds to complete their projects. We'll also have our own Women in Film series sequel, which not only includes a podcast series, but also a corresponding documentary film series. And I promise it's not going to take me five years to get this one done. And we're going to be partnering with Still Motion to bring you stories about the making of their Remarkable Ones film series. This is going to be huge. Lots of great stuff on the horizon, so please share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. Post episodes on your social walls, retweet, and more than anything, leave us a rating and review in iTunes, even if you don't listen to iTunes. As they say, the best is yet to come. Now, without further ado, on with the show. It was January 2011, and me and the family were driving home from a Christmas-slash-New Year's getaway in Branford, Missouri. It's sort of like the Las Vegas of the South. It was one of those long family drives where a husband and wife get the opportunity to, you know, like, actually talk to each other for an extended period of time about things beyond what needs to be picked up from Costco or what we're going to watch tonight. We had both recently finished reading Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art, It's an excellent treatise on the creative process, specifically about the obstacles that creators face, often internal, that keep us from producing the work we are called and meant to produce. My wife and I started to have a discussion about the book. Well, we were discussing my career as a filmmaker in light of the things Pressfield talks about in the book. I was having a problem reconciling whether or not I was truly a filmmaker. Aside from the jobs I was hired to produce and for a pro bono gig here and there for my church or some worthy cause, at the time I hadn't made any personal films just for me. In between jobs, I wasn't going out and shooting my own stuff. Then she asked me the question that Pressfield poses in the book. If I were the last person on earth, would I still be making films? I couldn't answer right away. Honestly, I didn't know if I would. I mean... If there's no one around to inspire, encourage, entertain, or convict with my work, what would be the purpose? My wife then said, well, I think that's something you should seriously think about. My heart sank when I heard her say that. I literally started to panic. I thought to myself, maybe I'm not really a filmmaker. Maybe this is not what I was really meant to do. But it's all I know or think I want to do. If it's not filmmaking, then what is my calling? It was an existential crisis on an order of magnitude I had never had before. I was the kind of person who always knew what I wanted to be or was called to do. 
Ever since the eighth grade, I was never in doubt. My goals and desires may have changed over time, but whatever season I was in in my life, at that time, I was confident of what my calling was and what I was meant to do on this earth. So, to make matters worse during this holiday ride home, just as I was having this little mini crisis, I looked to the side of the road, and lo and behold, I saw a road sign that read, Damascus, two miles. Oh great, I thought. I was literally on a road to Damascus. I'm Ron Dawson, and this is Radio Film School, A Filmmaker's Journey. It was on the road to Damascus where Saul of Tarsus had a vision from God that blinded him for three days, and it was the event that forever transformed his life, and he would go on to become the Apostle Paul, the most prolific writer of the New Testament. In today's vernacular, a road to Damascus experience is one which transforms a person's life. So you can see why in this particular instance, seeing that sign only heightened my anxiety. Was this just a coincidence or some supernatural sign that I was indeed on the wrong path in life? But as is often the case, my beautiful and wise wife reminded me of another quote from Pressfield's book. If you find yourself asking yourself and your friends, am I really a writer? Am I really an artist? Chances are, you are. The counterfeit innovator is widely self-confident. The real one is scared to death. Shortly after returning home from this trip, I was resolved to get busy living and fulfill my calling as a filmmaker. It was this Road to Damascus experience that was the impetus for me to actually start working on Mixed in America, a short film documentary about my biracial daughter's experience being raised by a single mother during her first seven years of life, and later navigating the trials and triumphs of middle school and high school being caught between two worlds. Now, unless you're relatively new to the show, you know that during this first season of Radio Film School, we followed my journey making this short film. If you recall from the top of the show, it was January 2011 when I was on that literal road to Damascus. It was only a week or so later that I got out my Zoom H4N audio recorder and recorded the interview of my daughter, who was 16 at the time. In a couple of episodes, I'll go into more details about why I chose to record audio only, as well as the consequences and lessons I learned from that decision. The day after I recorded the interview, I edited a short teaser using footage from my love story wedding video combined with voiceover from the audio. On January 10th, 2011, I uploaded that first teaser. I don't think I even remember the first time that I realized that I was different than my mom. I can't imagine what it was like for my mom being single and having um, a black daughter. That was exactly five years and five months ago. And as of this podcast recording, I'm only now finally completing episode one of Mixed in America, Little Mixed Sunshine. When I was little, my mom gave me the nickname Little Sunshine, and I asked her why she gave me that nickname, and she said it was because I was the brightest thing in her life. My original plan was to make this a feature film. 
Realizing I might not have the time nor the resources to undertake such a feat, I opted instead to make it a short film documentary series, having each episode tell one person's story. The first installment will be about my daughter, whose name is Imani, by the way. But as long as it's taking me to get this project done, you think I was working on a feature. Frankly, it's hard for me to admit that it's taken so long to get this project made, especially when it was a project to prove to myself that I was really a filmmaker. Now, to be fair, I shouldn't be too hard on myself. I mean, since that time, I have made a number of other personal film projects. But for some reason, never having completed this project has been a profound point of disappointment and frustration in my life. You may be asking yourself, Sir Ron, why haven't you finished this project? Especially if there are other projects you have completed. Well, that's a good question. There are a few reasons it's taken so long to finish this project, and they all fall under the categories of loss of momentum and life gets in the way. Perhaps you've encountered a similar experience or two in your life. If so, my hope is that this episode will encourage you. So, Act 1, Loss of Momentum. Momentum is a word you're probably very familiar with. This is a clip from the study.com lesson on momentum. Often you'll hear that something is gaining or gathering momentum. It might be an actual moving object, or it might be used more metaphorically, like with a sports team. But have you ever taken a moment to think what exactly momentum means? Momentum is the quantity of motion of a moving body. In a basic sense, the more momentum a moving object has, the harder it is to stop. Let's think about a baseball being thrown in a straight line through the air in order to try and understand this. When you catch a baseball, you feel the momentum of the ball being imparted to you. The ball will probably push your hand back towards you when you catch it. The more momentum the ball has, the more it will push back your hand as it transfers its momentum to you. I thought this lesson was a perfect illustration for what happened to mixed in America. I was the baseball, and my beautiful and precocious 16-year-old daughter was the mitt. I'm sitting with Imani. The subject of mixed in America that I started shooting or recorded the interview January 2011, I think. 11. Like, I was on... That was... You were on top of it. I was on fire. I was on fire. I was like, this is getting done. It's now (laughs) summer 2015. (laughs) What happened, Imani? Since that original interview with Imani was audio only, all the visuals are either narrative reenactments, real-life home video footage, or additional movie clips. Last summer, I gathered a volunteer cast and crew to shoot ostensibly the final scenes for the documentary. Some of the B-roll in the film is Imani today, and when I went to pick her up to shoot the scenes, she agreed to a short impromptu interview in the car to address one of the reasons the project wasn't completed back in 2011. You know what happened is that I was young, and I had this idea that whatever was put out, whatever people saw of me in videos... I just assumed that they would believe that that was me in the present day. Okay. Um, so as time passed, my views would change and I would freak out and go, no, nobody can listen to the thing. And then I had school and I'd go, no, nobody can see me in the video and I don't have time and I don't want to do it and I'm too embarrassed and all that stuff. Um, so I put it off. And plus, you know what, you had to get your act together too because you shouldn't have waited around for a 16-year-old to make up her mind. You should have just been like, I'm doing it with or without you. 
Actually, no, you couldn't have. I wouldn't let you. Yeah, that was part of it. It was just like, try and be respectful of your thoughts. Yeah, no, that was good. Let me interject here and make something clear that might not have been obvious. Back in 2011, my original plan was to have Imani play herself in the reenactments and have her friends play the other roles. But, as she explained here, she no longer wanted to participate. Baseball, meet mitt. Funny enough, though, it was another loss of momentum that hit this project after I started filming again last summer. There's one particular shot that I want to do. There's a part of me that doesn't even want to say it, because if I say it and I put it on air, that means if it's not in the film, people are going to know that I didn't do it. That was part of my conversation with Still Motion and Muse Storytelling co-founder Patrick Moreau. This time, the quote-unquote mitt was me. Specifically, my desire to get a certain shot. I wasn't able to shoot this scene last summer, so I put breaks on the project until I could try to arrange time with my actress and her mother to shoot the shot. The actress was a little girl playing Imani at age 8. Baseball, meet mitt. How often are we both our own baseball and mitt when it comes to a loss of momentum? It actually kind of goes all the way back to Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art, and his commentary on resistance and its obstacle to getting art done. Well, I think that resistance, as I define it, with a capital R, is that negative force that arises whenever we try to move from a lower level to a higher level. That's a clip from Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Sunday interview with Pressfield back in 2013, discussing the kind of endeavors in life that typically meet resistance. The launching of any entrepreneurial venture or enterprise, for profit or otherwise, also meets resistance. Any diet or health regimen, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Any program of spiritual advancement, any activity whose aim is tighter abdominals, any course or program designed to overcome an unwholesome habit or addiction, education of every kind, the undertaking of any enterprise or endeavor whose aim is to help others, any act that entails commitment of the heart. Resistance can come in many forms. It can be a 16-year-old daughter uncertain about how she wants herself portrayed for the world to see and hear. It can be an obsessive filmmaker who wants to get that perfect shot. And it can be life itself. Act two, life gets in the way. And then at some point there was, you know, just, you know, stuff in terms of prioritization of the kind of projects I could work on. Yeah. So this comment by me gets to that other obstacle, life. When you're a self-employed video producer with a small business and a wife and kids, you have to prioritize what projects get done. This was a time in my business where, frankly, it was hard. We were still relatively new to the Atlanta area, and I was still working to build my business there. So finding time to allocate to personal projects that didn't pay the bills was hard to do. I mean, that was the whole reason I had the aforementioned existential crisis in the first place. And to be honest, this is still a challenge I face today to some degree. Sometimes it's not a personal project per se, as it is some endeavor that I'm passionate about, but it doesn't quite yet pay the bills. Oh, I don't know, like a high production value, story-driven podcast, perhaps. Finding the time to work on projects like Radio Film School and Mixed in America is hard. It's really, really hard. The irony is, so many of my interviews have sworn by the power of personal projects to propel their careers. We started realizing the power of, of these videos from a marketing standpoint. 
That's Dan Reardon and Dana Saint of Gnarly Bay, talented and successful filmmakers with multiple Vimeo staff picks for videos that have hundreds of thousands of views. It's not like when we were getting new clients, people weren't really responding to our uh, our robotics videos we were filming back in the day or our freaking high school videos. You know, it's like we started creating things that, that people responded to and, and grabbed people's attention. And that would, it just, it was a great marketing tool for it. And it has been. It's, hands down our best marketing tools, all these videos that we put out that. It's very rare that we, that somebody is like, send us, send us some work and we send them, unless it's very, very specific. Right, right. Um, Like we often, we don't really uh, send anything that we have done for other clients. Yeah, for the most part, people are coming across like our stuff they see on Vimeo and and they get inspired and they're usually in some sort of agency role. Right. And like, oh, I want to work with these guys. And then they find something that has nothing to do with the video they originally saw. And Patrick Moreau of Still Motion told me this. That would be my answer to, you know, you're looking at the marketing side and the um, passion side and just following those projects you love. And I think that you have to make them one in the same and realize that as a small business or a small team, you're marketing yourself. You are the brand, your, your overall vision. And I think it comes down to trying to get clarity on what it is you do and why you do it and then finding a story that is very connected to that which mm-hmm. you know is is just about taking the time to figure those things out but um, they are highly related i could go on and on even back on my original filmmaking podcast crossing the 180 this was a recurring theme tina roth eisenberg founder of creative mornings talked about it on a chase jarvis live episode Many tech companies implement a 20% time process whereby engineers can take 20% of their work time to work on side projects. Google's legendary implementation of this process led to the creation of Gmail. But how? How do you do it? You have to pay the bills. You have to take care of the kids, if you have any. You have a backlog of videos to edit. How? How do you find time to do these projects? Act 3. Nike has the answer. What I found that works for me is uh, just sitting down. Just sit down. I have a thing where I say, put your ass where your heart wants to be. And (laughs) by that, I simply mean, if you want to paint, put your body in front of an easel. You know, if you want to write, sit in front of a keyboard and then just plunge in. And you want to be an entrepreneur. If you want to be an entrepreneur, start a business, you know. Uh, whether it's a lemonade stand or whatever it is, oh, start it's, it, in action. It's, 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 Act. It's, it's the Nike brand. Just do it, Just right? Just do it. One way you can do it is following the example of the folks at Gnarly Bay in Still Motion. Just resolve to making those projects part of your business. That's essentially what I've done with Radio Film School. Ever since September of last year, I've committed every week to get an episode out on Tuesday. Sometimes I'll even have two episodes out in a week. But if the realities of your life are such that you feel you can't allocate a significant amount of time to side projects, there is another way. Dr. Marvin, you can help me. For the first time in my life, I feel like there's hope. This is a clip from the 1991 movie, What About Bob? Starring Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss. It celebrated its 25th anniversary last month. Bob, there is a groundbreaking new book that has just come out. Ah. Now, not everything in this book, of course, applies to you, but I'm sure that you can see, when you see the title, exactly how it could help. Baby Steps? 
It means setting small, reasonable goals for yourself, one day at a time. One tiny step at a time. Baby steps. Baby steps, my friend. Baby steps. Just put one foot in front of the other. Knock a little bit out every single day. JD had commented to me that if I had even just done one person per year on the Mixing America series, I'd have five films right now. There's just no way around it, my friends. You just have to do it. Put in the work, step by step. Momentum will pick up. Maybe you don't have the bandwidth to throw a bowling ball, metaphorically speaking, of course. But even a ping pong ball can have momentum. Pressfield writes that the most important thing about art is to work. Nothing else matters except sitting down every day and trying. It's so difficult to really change. Difficult? <laughs> why, why, look here. Changing from bad to good's as easy as taking your first step. Put one foot in front of the other. And soon you'll be walking across the floor. Put one foot in front of the other. And soon you'll be walking out the door. Radio Film School is a production of Dare Dreamer FM. This episode was written and produced by me. Chris Huslidge is our co-producer. Radio Film School is a proud member of the Podcastica Network, a cornucopia of podcasting goodness. If you watched the amazing Game of Thrones Episode 9 this week, then be sure to check out Podcastica's Game of Microphones. This show and more can be found at podcastica.com. Music for this episode was curated from freemusicarchive.org. Links to tracks are in the show notes. One Foot in Front of the Other is a classic from my childhood. The stop motion animation Santa Claus is coming to town. If your time of life is at hand, well, don't be the rule, be the exception. A good way to start is to stand. Put one I want to thank some sponsors who helped make this podcast possible this season. First, Muse Storytelling by Still Motion. Go to learnstory.org and use the offer code RADIO to save $47 off lifetime access. We've also been supported by Webster, the video collaboration tool that you've been waiting for. Upload your video to Webster and you and a team of people can start collaborating. Use the offer code RADIO Film School, all one word in lowercase, and you'll get your first seat for just $13 per month. Another huge way you can support the show is leaving a rating and review in iTunes. Hop on over to daredreamer.fm slash iTunes to see how. You can follow me on Twitter at daredreamer.fm, and you can follow the show at Radio Film School. That's it for this week. Remember, if the story sucks, I don't care what you shot it with or cut it on. Put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be. It works. It works. All I have to do is take one little step at a time, and I can do anything. Mm. Hmm? Ah!